Alright, Creatures of the Night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 78 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, here we go, dude. The one we've been waiting for for 78 episodes. <laughs> Unforgiven 2001 as the Brothers of Destruction take on Chronic for the WCW Tag Team Championships of the World. And it is apropos that this pay-per-view is called Unforgiven, my friend, because uh, I don't believe any of these four guys have ever forgiven each other for how this match went down. <laughs> I think you're right, man. I know I haven't forgiven them. I remember, <laughs> I remember. Oh, we'll get into it. I love Chronic and WCW, and I remember looking forward to this match. Then I remember hating this match. I don't remember hating as much as when I actually went back and rewatched it. And uh, I'm gonna try to keep myself off a of soapbox, but. Ooh, it's gonna be hard not to get angry. <laughs> Recap on the actual match itself. Yeah, you think you think we'd be able to relax and chill out with a match about Chronic, but uh, exactly. <laughs> gonna be as fired up as we've ever been. Uh, fired up, exactly, dude. Speaking of uh, seventy-eight weeks, Stubbles cross our math here. How many weeks are in a year? Uh, fifty-two. All right, what's half of that? The, the twenty-six. What's twenty-six plus fifty-two? Twenty-six plus fifty-two, seventy-eight. Do this for a year and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look at that. That's crazy. I mean, it took us a year and a half to get to the high times match. The bottom of the barrel, right? Here. Exactly. Year and, and a half in, uh, we're scraping the bottom. We've seen some bad matches on this on this show we before. Have. You know, we've talked about you know these big lugs like Giant Gonzalez or King Kong Bundy or Bundy. whatever. Uh, Kamala, you know, we've seen like we've seen Undertaker when he was hurt, nursing some injuries and stuff, but. Never have we seen just this lack, this just disjointed mess. You know, what we've got here is failure to communicate. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We'll get into all that um, as we uh, break down the match itself. But it is, man, it's like they're all speaking four different languages. It's rough. Is rough, man. But uh, before we get to that, uh, I know you said before we came on you wanted to mention something, I guess, about uh, current times, modern times. I do, man. So um, as we record this, it's Monday night, and uh, we have. I, I was watching some of Monday Night Rawls. I was trying to put my children to sleep, uh, and Jeff Jarrett was fighting uh, Elias. And earlier on in the night, um, Kurt Angle had come out, and he was giving a speech, and. They're both legends, right? Of course. Both Hall of Fame, yeah. literally Hall of Famers. They Talked married, about married them both to, on this show before. <laughs> yep, they married the same woman, actually. They have so much involved. Kind of weird. Each other. But anyway, um, in all seriousness, uh, Kurt Angle's out there, and he's giving this fake retirement speech, and the crowd is what it is. Jeff Jarrett's out there, and they're in Portland, Oregon, and it's like these. It's like the fans have no idea who he is, honestly. They're really? doing this whole... Um, you know, spend my days working. They're doing the song and everything. I'm not going to do the Pritchard thing, but they're doing it. Road Dog's out there. The segment goes on way too long for where they are because it's just, it's cool to see Jeff Jarrett back. I I, I was marking out like a freaking kid again. I know you and I both did when he came out at the, the Rumble and all this stuff, but like just to watch the, the, the live crowd, the, maybe they're casual fans. I don't know who they are there, but 
Maybe they were smoking some chronic tonight. I don't know. <laughs> They're important. But yeah, so it's, yeah. not, it's not illegal. But just it got me thinking. Like it, when Undertaker appears, always gets a huge reaction. Even if it's a SmackDown Under or whatever it is that we cover that's happened, if it's the greatest Royal Rumble, whatever. Like when he's gone for a year, when he's gone for when he was gone for a year before we came back as as the Biker Taker, he always gets a, a reaction, you know. And it doesn't matter what he's doing, and it just it's it just solidified to me why we are doing this and why we chose him to kind of carry this torch here as as our podcast banner and, and like just to. Talk about him because we're not doing talking Jarrett, we're not doing talking Angle. We'd love to maybe one day, but like Taker is the man. He's the guy that's going to get that pop from 1990 to 2019 that we're in right now. It's just crazy to see. And it just really brought it to light when I saw Jeff Jarrett kind of, the crowd was like, yay. And then they just kind of didn't care anymore. You know, yeah. and same with Angle, yeah. man. It's just the same. Um, I don't know. That's just, I just want to mention that. So you're exactly right, man. That's a great point. And I don't know. Yeah, like you said, uh, we have a lot of respect for both those guys. Yeah, but absolutely. They both, uh, you know, they're both they're TNA legends more than they are WWE legends right. in a lot in a lot of ways. That's where they yeah. spent the majority of the past fifteen years. And yeah. you know, Jeff Jarrett, you know, he's over now because uh, Bruce Prichard sings a song on a podcast. <laughs> it's not so yeah. much because of what he did back in the WWE back in the day, although you know. He's a talented guy, nonetheless. Sure. He's still probably has more talent than half the guys on the roster now. But oh, yeah, sure. I can throw a punch better than anybody on the roster. <laughs> he's second. He's second to like Waller. As yeah, far that's as right. Punches, yeah, too. that's where he learned it. Him, dude. Waller, and, uh, and Scott Hall, man, he got the best punches in the biz. He needs to teach everybody how to throw that punch. But especially uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. The, anyway, the presence and the aura of the Undertaker, yeah. uh, whatever it is that's contributed to it. It, it, that has never gone away, and that is no only him. You know, there really is almost nobody else that you could put up in that level. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I just it just really hit me hard tonight. As I was watching. I was just like, man, like this is if this were Taker out there, the crowd would be sustained the entire time. Like I just he doesn't get that go. Like it just doesn't die down. I don't know. And maybe anyway. it's because of that that we can forgive him for a match like the one we're going to cover here tonight. <laughs> From Absolutely. Unforgiven 2001. <laughs> so let's get it over with, my brother. Let's talk about <laughs> the buildup to this match, which begins as the buildup to something that would only slightly be better than that, as it appears that Undertaker and Kane might be facing off with X-Factor here for a little while. But yeah. before we even get into that, we've got to wrap things up with our old buddy DDP and Sarah. Well, to wrap things up on Raw 430, this is August 20th, 01. This is right after um, the SummerSlam. We're told that we're going to get DDP versus Sarah tonight. (laughs) Good heavens. Just pause on that for just a second. DDP is going to wrestle the Undertaker's wife. Yep. Yep. Just wrestler. Not like a anything on a pole match or no gimmick. Just supposed to be DDP versus Sarah tonight. Again, not a wrestler. We're not invested in her as a wrestler, as that she can do anything physical. Oh, so stupid. Um, we see her shadow boxing backstage. That's how we see her getting ready. She's basically shadow boxing. So it's like, cool. Oh, man. I'm not looking forward <laughs> to this. But anyway, we get a DDP interview by Michael Cole, and he's like, he says that Sarah asked for this match. She requested it. He says, She doesn't want to hurt me. She doesn't want to beat on me. She wants to be with me. 
She wants to feel her body up against mine. She wants to feel flesh to flesh. It's obvious that's why she requested this. What are you concerned at all about her husband, the undertaker? I mean, he's going to be at ringside with his wife tonight. It doesn't concern me. The only thing that's better than me getting my hands all over Sarah is getting to do it in front of her old man because he's got to watch. I just wrote, that's gross. How like, romantic. Just, yeah. I mean, in time, we're almost at Valentine's Day here, I guess. Mm. DDP's feeling the spirit there. I don't know, man. It was just weird. I was like, this, again, he's taking that, I want to get to the top by attacking the big dog to just that new level of, I'm Helga Pataki, you know, like <laughs> worshiping the ground that Sarah walks on. And now I'm making disgusting comments about her, too. It's just too much, man. And I'm thinking here, as you're saying this, like, why, why is he sticking around? Why would he not just walk out and be done with this? But it's because there's nowhere for him to go. This right. was, you know, TNA is still, you know, uh, about a year away from existing yet. Ring of Honor doesn't exist yet. Nothing nope. exists yet. This is it. So he's yep. he's stuck. He's screwed. He is. And um, he comes out first for his match, and he, he is selling that beat, and he took in that cage last night, which is pretty nice to see. Sometimes you don't see that nowadays. I lacked there's a lot of it on Raw tonight was lacking, but anyway, um, then we get old Fred Durst himself ringing through the PA system. Rolling comes through, Taker's riding out on his cycle. Sarah's holding on behind him, grabbing him, and uh, she rolls in the ring, and Taker's kind of pacing on the apron like he's prone to do here. Um, DDP gets on the mic and he says, "I want to talk to you, Sarah." And uh, he stands like face to face, and he basically says, "You know, I'm going to give you the first shot." He's mocking her. You know, she's a woman. He's sticks his little chin out there like you, you get the first shot so she slaps him clear across the face um not quite as not quite a stephanie man slap but you know it's it's all right and he just starts cackling you know he says thank you sarah man have another <laughs> i just thought it was great so oh it's great and he's then, though, like we said he's 100 percent into this character he man. is it's terrible but he's yeah. going along with it ddp is in it man and you cannot fault him for that so um, he's going to make some chicken salad out of, you know what? So anyway, but then in a, in a strange turn of events, if he is in love with her, he pushes her down and Taker jumps up on the apron and, um, kind of, you know, is getting defensive here and, and DP shoves Sarah into the corner and then Taker just trips him, drags him out, choke slams him on the floor as Earl Hebner is distracted by Sarah. So we mentioned that in that cage match, it's a little bit of heelish tactics from the Undertaker family. Well, here you go oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the heel here. Like, Sarah's distracting the referees. So Taker can choke slam DDP on the outside where he rolls him back in, and then uh, the bell rings, and then Sarah does the, like, classic arms folded pose <sighs> of Taker, and Hebner counts to three, and that's it. <laughs> that's it, dude. Sarah, the Undertaker's <laughs> wife, pins the former three time, three time, three time WCW exactly. champion. Of the world. Oh my God. Oh, didn't pin David Arquette. No. Didn't pin Vince Russo. Diamond Dallas Page. 
<laughs> the people's think champion. About, well, you know, two episodes ago, as we talked about him being the first invader into the WWF, as he comes into King of the Ring, he's the first big splash there. He's gone from being the world champion, leading this invasion, to laying down for the Undertaker's wife in the span of two and a half months. Two months, yeah. Unbelievable what a fall that is. It's And it's crazy, too, because... He's basically, along with Booker T, he's the biggest star that came over uh, exactly. for this first run. And here they are burying him to The Undertaker's wife. I know, man. It's such a sad like fall from grace. I don't know what he did, who he ticked off. I don't know if it's because he scripted everything like I mentioned last week. I don't know what it is. I'll never he understand says it. He says it's nothing. He says they just didn't have chemistry, but I don't know. Because this is the this is the end of the story. I mean, it ends. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It ends here. And honestly, he's off TV for a few weeks, and he comes back as that motivational speaker guy, right? I mean, right. he immediately changes character like a, a month later. It's just weird. Well, you um, have to when you lose to The Undertaker's wife. <laughs> That's touche. You can't touché. come back the same way. I just wouldn't come back at all. Yeah. I just paycheck is in the home. So. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> oh, well, that's the end of the story. And But before we even get to breathe about like they just immediately cut to a backstage like. Like scene, it's just like well, nobody cares. Like Vince, Kevin Dunn, exactly. It doesn't on. even so, mean anything. Yeah, exactly. And I just I do want to mention this episode of Raw is iconic because not only do we get the burial of DDP, this is Stone Cold Appreciation Night with the milk truck. So Kurt Angle in the milk truck, yeah, and the win- <laughs> so good. Go from worst so to good. first right there. Exactly. Some of the best stuff right there. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, if there's any good news that be, can be gleaned out of this is that uh, despite DDP being buried, it looks like Sarah is going to be sent off back home as well for, for the rest of this. God. <laughs> I don't know if he just, Undertaker wanted Sarah to spend summer vacation with him this year or what was going on, <laughs> but... Yeah, she's done after that. It's all wrapped up. They got it out of their school. system. I guess so. Maybe that really is. What Maybe it, she's I a no teacher. Idea, man. <laughs> we're going to move on. And thankfully, to cheer us up, we're going to get a visit here on SmackDown from August 23rd. Of some of our favorite friends of this podcast, Edge and Christian. Some of yes, sir. Taker and Kane's greatest opponents. And this is, uh, this is another live episode of SmackDown for some reason. So uh, I guess mm. we talked about one last week. Um, yeah. I guess this is this is late August, early September. I guess it's the season premiere time, sweeps. They, mm. did it. they have a few other live episodes in this run too. But anyway, this is right in the midst of Edge and Christian uh, on the verge of breaking up their team. So uh, Edge is the Intercontinental Champion. He's talking to Grandma Edna backstage on the phone, and he's excited to defend his icy title for the first time. But uh, Christian walks in, and he wants to talk to Edna, and Edge hands her the phone, but she hangs up before she talks to Christian. Uh, So again, teasing the dissension between them. But uh, Edge, like I say, he's excited to defend his IC title, and Christian tells him, I come up with you uh, with a way for you to make sure you leave with the IC title today. And that's that. I got your match canceled. So you can't lose that style. <laughs> so uh, instead, Christian has gotten them a match uh, for the tag team titles so that they can win them for the eighth time and become the octopuses of the WWF. <laughs> oh, I love these guys. I know. It's so good. We wanted to be them. <laughs> 
Edge, uh, however, is not as excited about this because he realizes that to win the titles, that means they got to face Undertaker and Kane. We got a chance to become eight timers, eight time tag team champions, the octopuses of the WWF. Eight times. Hey, whoa, whoa. Eight times. Hold on, hold on. Doesn't that mean we have to face Undertaker and Kane? Dude, we've beaten them before. Haven't we? We must. We've beaten everybody. Listen, it's going to be great. <laughs> I don't know if they have. <laughs> but uh, we do get to see them face off just like old times. And uh, I'll give you a, give you a, uh, one guess as to how this match ended, Travis. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, Christian with Last Ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. He chokes on that pain sickle. <laughs> gets the last ride. And Undertaker gets the pin on him to retain the titles. Just like old times, man. Exactly. Christian go up top for that last ride again. Yeah, if these two two teams are ever facing, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be last ride on Christian for the win. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's it. Oh, poor guy. There's a few things you can count on in wrestling. Like Ric Flair (laughs) going to the top rope, he's going to get thrown off the top rope. And if Christian's facing Undertaker, he's going to eat a giant last ride. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, that's going to lead us to Raw 431 on uh, August 27th, and then our opening match of the night, which is going to be a theme rolling through here, which is kind of strange to me, but we're going to get Taker versus Albert in what <laughs> JR's... <laughs> yeah. A, a match nobody wanted to see, but JR calls it a battle of super heavyweights. So... And I just wrote them in my notes that there's no Sarah, like you just mentioned. And apparently Kane has been hospitalized with an infected elbow from that cage match at SummerSlam, which I don't remember them making any heads or tails about that during the match. But I guess it's just easy to talk about after the fact. Yeah, and he was on SmackDown, so I don't know what <laughs> – he, he um, might have had his elbow taped up. I don't remember. But, yeah. Uh, well, Taker comes out, and he's rocking both sets of tag titles around his neck. He's got them, like, clipped to each other and uh, – they're hanging around his neck, so that's kind of funny to see. So um, they actually have a pretty hard hitting match. Um, again, Taker's actually given uh, letting Albert get a lot of offense on him, uh, but um, Taker even gets a cross arm breaker like uh, Alberto Del Rio style. It's kind of nice. funny to see him add those. You know, he's adding those different moves to his repertoire and specifically um, submissions. Um, but then Xbox gets up and punches Taker in the face, and the ref doesn't see it. So Taker goes out and goozles him, grabs him by the throat, and Albert smashes him from behind into the referee. So we're going to get a ref bump, so you can pretty much see the writing on the wall here. Mm-hmm. Um, Xbox grabs one of the belts. Or, no, I'm sorry, he grabs his belt. I think he has the cruiserweight or light heavyweight, one of those. He might have two, had both of them. Or at both, one point, think, he had both yeah. of them. I don't remember when he loses them, but yeah. Take a page out of Canyon's book. Canyon right. winning Double two chair. titles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, he hits uh, he hits Taker, and then Albert gets a big boot on Taker, and then it's a real slow count uh, by the ref. But, um, of course, Taker kicks out, hits a choke slam, pins Albert clean. So, <laughs> Sign uh, Fine with me. So. <laughs> yeah. um, but also, another cool thing about this episode of Raw, this is the, the debut of the Hurricane on television, uh-huh. which I just – I just want to mention is that he's presented as an absolute joke. Um, and we mentioned that, that even JR is, is putting a lot of these WCW guys down in his commentary. I think for, you know, as part of his character, as, you know, the, the good guy commentator, but also as a shoot. Like, he's just, these guys don't mean anything. They don't, not doing anything to try to get themselves over. They're not setting themselves apart from the pack. What Canyon did, DDP did, and, um, 
the Hurricane does here. You know, he's doing something, but they're kind of crapping on him. And just to me, it's amazing that out of all the guys in the Alliance, let's look back at it. He probably had the best career out of the whole dirty. But something aside from Booker T. Aside from like Booker right? T and RVD, like the those. Top, okay, yeah. As far as, far as like other mid, guys, mid card yeah. guys, yeah, absolutely. Let's go I with mean, yeah. Aside from those top two guys, yeah, Lance Storm, had, Hugh Morris, Canyon, Mike Awesome, like no, nothing. But you know, yeah. Chavo is is up there. But yeah, probably Hurricanes even better than that. Yeah, but absolutely. yeah, I mean. If, like he came back in the rumble last year. If it had been Chavo, crowd wouldn't have cared as no, much as no. it was Hurricane, you know. So, you know, it's just he probably had. I mean, maybe not the best, but one of the best out of all those guys. It's just Absolutely. funny how he got that stupid joke over, you know. And it's amazing, you know. It's it's just cool to see. And now he works backstage for them again. So he just came good, back. That's right. Good on him. So is Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> They're bringing TNA backstage, I guess. All I the guess TNA so. guys I, are going backstage. Seriously, seriously. It's weird. TNA reunion, man. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Well, uh, you know, that Albert Undertaker match must have been so good that we got to have a return match here. SmackDown August 30th on are you serious? Uh, SmackDown 106. That's right. Golly. Um, Albert and X-Pac, the X-Factor uh, double team Undertaker before the match. And uh, Taker, uh, second only to Christian, his favorite person to throw around is X-Pac. And he yes. tosses him around the ring, <laughs> sends him flying. Uh, while he's distracted, Albert goes and hits a baldo bomb uh, and demands the ref ring the bell. Hits a big splash, but Taker gets a barely gets a shoulder up at two. Uh, X-Pac slides a chair into the ring and distracts the ref and Undertaker and allows Albert to hit a chair shot. And Albert does the big splash again, and Taker kicks out at two again. So uh, keep teasing that Albert's going to get the big win here, but Taker keeps kicking out. Uh, finally, Albert comes running at Taker, and he's holding the chair in his hand, and Taker boots the chair into Albert's face. And then Taker slams the chair into Albert, and Taker finally gets disqualified here. Um, so after all that, Ref finally calls for a DQ and lets Albert win here. And then Taker gives X-Pac a last ride that... Gives Christian a run for his money. Uh, gets, I bet. Shoots him all the way up to the rafters. As uh, it really seemed like at this point that we might be heading to a Taker and Kane versus X Factor match for the tag team titles here. And uh, I could not have, you know, uh, in hindsight, I wish we would have got that over what we got. I can't believe I'm saying that. But uh, yeah, I know. Also, uh... just want to point out it was really weird that for the past few weeks, Undertaker has been facing WWF guys and not mm. Alliance people, which is really, really strange uh, because, you know, that's the major storyline. It feels like everyone is – it should everything should be WWF versus Alliance at every point. Yeah. But Undertaker, after getting done with DDP, he's been facing Edge and Christian and now Albert for the past few weeks. So it's really, really mm. odd that he's been pulled out of this Alliance – Storyline. It's odd that WWF guys are facing each other at all, but there was actually there's actually a lot of that uh, going on because um, X Pac and Tajiri were facing each other and feuding yeah. with each other, and then Edge and Christian are about to feud with each other, and then Jericho and Rock feud with each other in a few weeks. So I never understood yeah. why that happened so much. Why it wasn't always just WWF versus Alliance all the time. That, I think that's part of why the storyline never quite clicked with anybody. Yeah, I, I think it's probably true. I remember being thrown off by that too, like when the NWO first came around, and just I, you know, you think it would be all of them, but then like you still get the Horsemen feuding with guys on Nitro, WWE guys. I remember that was kind of weird, but 
I don't know, the NWO was so freaking cool and awesome, it didn't really matter. Like, right. this is not that. <laughs> this is not, it's, no. It's not cool, awesome, and revolutionary like the NWO was. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, anyway, your old buddy, your favorite wrestler, one of your favorite wrestlers of all time, is going to try to save us from this X Factor feud right <laughs> here on this episode of Raw. <laughs> he is Raw four thirty two on September third oh one. This is again second week in a row takers in the first match of the show. So I don't know if it's just like let's start things off hot with somebody the crowd's going to get yeah, into, or it's yeah. like let's just I don't know. It's just weird to see him curtain dragging here. So, but um, he was apparently issued a challenge by Test earlier, so. I just wrote this to step up from Albert, in my opinion, but which that's not saying much. But anyway, um, it's a match of former corporate ministry members. So it is what it is. Tess actually, again, gets a lot of offense on Taker. Taker's really put, trying to put these guys over, I guess, but even he's, though he's going to basically huge, win a lot. Uh, huge TNA fan. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, Team TNA is busted. Now he's trying to put both of them over separately. So they could have just got back together and feuded with. The Brothers Destruction. That probably would have been better than what we are <laughs> yeah. going to get here. The comeback um, no one wanted. Yeah. Well, in this match, Taker gets an arm drag, a drop toe hold, and an STF. So <laughs> take it, take that, Cena. He's so, working boots on. He's got them on against Test. <laughs> it's so weird. And JR goes on to mention that Taker has dropped from three, 330 pounds to 305 pounds, and now he's utilizing more submissions in his arsenal. So thank you, JR. He probably also told us what college he went to. Probably, football. yeah. <laughs> so, but um, as you mentioned, we're going to get an appearance of somebody uh, from Taker's Past. So a, a ghost of Taker's Past. So we're going to get Taker going for the last ride. And as he does that, test, Steven Richards runs down to the ring. Oh, no. Super kicks Taker in the face, gives him a Stevie kick. He's wearing all black, and his hair is – well – I wrote this died darker, but that doesn't actually occur until the pay-per-view, so I misremembered that when I wrote this and went back and looked and forgot to delete that. But he's got his hair still cut short and hadn't grown out, but he's wearing all black. So he's gone from his all-white RTC attire to now he's wearing all black. He's in mourning so, for the RTC. He is, and I just was super excited because I forgot that that's how this whole build started. Of course you were. <laughs> Your all-time favorite faction, rising from the ashes. <laughs> like a phoenix. Oh, well, after that happens, investigative journalist Michael Cole gets right in with the action during the break, and he, he's asking Stephen Richards backstage what he's doing. He hasn't, we haven't seen you in months, and Stevie says that Taker was the one, excuse me, was the only one out of everybody that actually put the RTC down. He said, you know, a lot of people tried to start to put us down, but Taker is the only one that actually did, which I appreciate the continuity there. Yeah. So, good stuff. It's going to build even more, I think, on SmackDown, but... He then challenges Taker to a match tomorrow on SmackDown, which I thought was a, a slip-up from him, but apparently they had no live, live episode, didn't they? Yeah, on, on Tuesday, Tuesday night, night or something. on uh, September 4th, 2001. And uh, I guess I guess Stephen Richards was not able to go find himself a woman, as Undertaker advised him to do, <laughs> <laughs> or else we wouldn't be dealing with this. But oh no, we get the, this match, so to speak. The man in black, Stephen Richards, is in the ring, and... Apparently, he's a member of the Alliance now, according to his entrance video. See, that's weird to me because I'm going to talk about something that happens on Raw that's different than that. So that's weird. I didn't realize that that happened here. He's got the you know Alliance WCW logo flashing in his entrance wow. video. So, that's crazy. Um, he cuts a promo here, kind of reiterating what he said on Monday night. says, many people are wondering why Steven kicked The Undertaker yesterday on Raw and why I challenged him to a match tonight. And many people are thinking I'm crazy. 
Well, I have one thing to say to The Undertaker. I hate you! It was your fault that the right to censor disbanded. It was your fault that my own brothers and sister turned on me. And even though each and every one of you people out there do not have faith in Stephen Richards, I most certainly do. I love it, man. It's, it's yeah. con- continuity, man. Uh, Absolutely. I can't believe they picked up on that and, and continued this on. It's kind of incredible. Uh, but he was right. No one has faith in him because there's a great uh, R.I.P. Stephen sign in the crowd. It's, they're just <laughs> waiting for him to get buried here. And Undertaker answers the call and rides out. He's just, just shaking his head at Stephen. He looks like he... <laughs> this is a waste of his time to even have to come out here. But uh, Stephen, does he look happier or sadder than he did with DDP? Oh, he looks just bored. Okay, he's <laughs> like, what are we so even same. doing out here? Yeah. yeah. Um, Stephen runs away from him for a little while, plays chicken, and uh, Undertaker chases him around the ring. Uh, Stephen grabs a chair and starts swinging it around. As Undertaker is just kind of doing what he did with DDP a few weeks ago, is just calmly stalking his prey, stalks him up the ramp. And Stephen basically uh, waits up for uh, Undertaker at the top of the ramp. And then as Undertaker walks up there, Stephen points toward the ring. And Undertaker turns around. Stephen takes a swing at him, but Undertaker just turns right back around and knocks Stephen down. Just punches him in the face. Of course. (laughs) But while he's doing that, the Undertaker sees none other than Brian Adams, the former crush Standing next Ooh. to his bike. Yeah, returning to the WWE for the first time in uh, almost four years here. And, of course, Undertaker has no motorcycle security. And uh, Brian Adams kicks <laughs> the bike over, as we've seen so many people do here. And, again, I don't know if rumors were out or what was going on here. But, amazingly, there's a group of fans in the crowd that have a huge chronic sign in the crowd Whoa. it's misspelled it has a c at the end instead of two k's but uh yeah i don't know if this leaked out or maybe that was their friends and family in the crowd or what yeah who knows i don't remember hearing it before i actually saw nah. it on this live smackdown i remember being surprised um yeah man it's it's weird well, Adams is going to be joined by his partner, Brian Clark. It looks like he's wearing like a wild man Mark Marrow outfit. This red <laughs> leopard print skin tight shirt. He comes out and absolutely nails Taker. Yeah, extra schmedium. Uh, the former Adam Bomb returning to the WWF for the Golly. first time in even longer. I think about five, uh, maybe six years is the first time he's come back here. And they lay a beating on The Undertaker, man. The uh, former WCW Tag Team Champions, they pick Undertaker up, give him the high times, their uh, double choke slam maneuver, and Cole and Taz are wondering what the heck is going on. Uh, and yeah, I think everyone in the crowd is wondering what's going on here. But uh, we cut to the back, and William Regal, the commissioner, is watching him backstage and just shakes his head saying, Stephen Richards is really going to have bloody hell to pay for that um, as he moves on to his next thing. But... This was pretty crazy, dude. Uh, and I will say, Steven coming back, that makes sense. But this guy, who's all about morality, all about censorship, he's now aligned himself with Chronic. 
<laughs> the team named after <laughs> weed? Yeah. <laughs> what? Exactly. That makes no sense. You know Vince didn't know what chronic means. <laughs> You're right. You're right. But, uh, yeah, their finishing move is called the high times. I, mean, I don't know if these two guys were even potheads themselves. Can you explain that to gimmick. me? I never so, understood why they were chronic. You know, Russo said on one of his podcasts about like he just – gave him something to do like he just gave him something slapped these two big Bryans together and gave him something you know so I don't know whatever so yeah. Yeah, dude I went back the other day and was listening to uh, our Rumble 97 whoa, yeah. watch along yeah. and when Crush Crush started the match I believe it was and I remember talking about that you said that I wasn't a huge fan of Crush and I said I was a fan of Brian Adams and WCW and that mm. still stands true I really wasn't and I remember being excited when these guys came here on this episode of SmackDown because I was a fan of theirs in WCW. I really liked um, – they just – they just they were like the Road, Road Warrior-esque. You know, they had that aura in WCW. They would just come in, smash guys, beat the crap out of them, get in that double choke slam. and just They didn't have to go 10, 15 minutes. They went like five minutes maybe with guys. And they would just crush them. And, you know, they're two big guys. And I really liked Brian Clark as Wrath, you know. And I um, uh, wasn't a huge fan of Adam Bomb, but um, – was that that impotent match we covered with Raven? Was that Adam Bomb? Uh, I believe it Crush? was, yeah. <laughs> One of those two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very impotent. But anyway, I remember being really excited when they were here back in WWF uh, and Feud would take her because I know they're boys, for real, with the BSK and stuff. So You're right, dude. They were they were a hot act in WCW. Yeah, I think man. that gets overlooked by how much of a disaster this this match <laughs> is. But yeah, man, the last year or two of WCW, they were one of the hottest acts there, and it was a yeah. great great team up for them. And you know, they didn't have five star matches, like you said. No. They, they were they you know a version of the Road Warriors. But I personally, I love a good road warriors style tag team yes. like i i marked for the ascension when they're in uh nxt and i'm absolutely i'm still salty about what happened to them but i know oh, you, yeah. uh you didn't really like authors of pain but uh, i love no, them in nxt like they yeah. i just i just love seeing that that style I, yeah. we, were, we were talking before we went on about the rockers and i just watched a bunch of rockers matches on this Shawn michaels unreleased dvd and i love that style of tag team wrestling but i i also love Demolition, Legion of Doom, these that sort of mm-hmm. tag team that just wrecks other teams too, and that's what Chronic was, man, in, in WCW. And unfortunately, we didn't see too much of that here in this very, very brief run. Well, we did see a wreck, but it wasn't them doing the wreck. <laughs> well, well, I guess technically it kind of was, but ooh, it's going to get ugly, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, does that wrap up SmackDown? There, Does that kind of cover it. Yeah, there? that'll do it. That'll do it. Okay, well, well, we're going to get closer and closer to that car wreck, so. We're going to get a Raw 433 here on September 10th, 2001. So this is the Monday before September 11th tax. So um, this is, I guess you're going to talk about SmackDown. Not much to talk about there. But anyway, in a rematch of Taker's first ever WCW title match, he takes on Booker <laughs> T tonight. So there you go. we covered that last week, I believe. Still um, chasing that dream. Still chasing the meme Mark's dream. So he's going to take on Booker T. And uh, for some reason... I just wrote, these guys have pretty good chemistry, man. Like, yeah. it was a fun match to watch. We're going to talk um, about it more next week because they yeah, face off on pay-per-view. They sure are. Well, we got, we're get, goodness, we've covered that match three times by the time we get to their actual pay-per-view match. That's weird, but good chemistry. Near the end of that match, uh, Taker clotheslines out of his scissor kick attempt, and he goes for a choke slam, and Steven Richards comes back in to interfere, and he um, gets hit by Taker, and Booker T nails his scissor kick on Taker, but and then uh, Booker T winds up, 
pinning the Undertaker. Wow. Just, yeah, man. Gets a pin on Taker. That's because huge. That Stevie, you know, Steve Richards came out and kind of did that interference. So um, it's a big win for Booker T, especially because DDP got how many wins over Taker? Oh, I believe zero. it was zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Booker T gets one right here. Like, even though it was a screwy interference, that's co- it's okay. It's a heel. You know, it's it's fine. But that's still a big win. That tells you something right there. Yeah. And he got a win with his finishing move. It yeah. was like he rolled him up and pulled the tights. Like, he hit his scissor kick, pin taker. So, pretty cool there. Well, Steven tries to roll out of the ring, and he's brought back in by Taker. And then Chronic come to the ring, and they're wearing all black, you know, and they taking, I guess, taking the. From their their leader Stephen Richards here, and they start attacking Taker, and they double team him, and the crowd's chanting Kane, 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 which is kind of neat to see. But Stephen directs Chronic to do the high times double chokeslam through the announce table, Ooh. and um, yep, Jr. continuously calls Richards an idiot. He's like this idiot right here, this idiot, this idiot. He keeps calling him an idiot for some reason. I don't know why, but um, Taker's fighting back, but they actually wind up putting him through the table with a high times double chokeslam and getting you know making a statement here. You know? Yeah, I mean, take DDP a, didn't get to do any of this. No, no, and uh, I think we've talked, you know, because we covered actually we talked, covered Undertaker versus Adam Bomb and versus Crush back yeah. on that VHS, the uh, Face of the Fear. Face of Fear. Yep, yeah, yep. Uh, Burying the Dead Man episode. So we've talked about both these guys, but they both have known Taker for a long time. He's got connection with them, and I think he's willing to put them over a little bit more here. Let yeah. them get that offense in. So absolutely. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, that was obviously the night before uh, September 11th, 2001, when SmackDown tapings were supposed to be held and got pushed back, obviously, because of the uh, horrendous yeah. attacks. And uh, I mean, of course, you know, the changing of a wrestling show and wrestling plans, that's the least important thing that happened sure. on that day, but it's, you know, the relevant thing to what we have to talk about here. Uh, SmackDown 108. You know, a historic SmackDown uh, for many reasons. September 13th, 2001, it was broadcast live. And, you know, there's not much more that we can say that has not been said. Uh, sure. But, you know, it's a very patriotic show. It's a very fun show, all things considered. You know, they, they yeah. try to, you know, have some fun. And there's great segment with The Rock and Sean Stasiak on here. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, they're trying to cheer everybody up and do what they yeah. can to, to get everybody back up on their feet. But... Oddly enough, The Undertaker is nowhere to be found on this show. He doesn't deliver any of those backstage interviews. He's yeah. not even on the ramp, from what I could see, unless I just overlooked it. He's not there. Mm. Kane is there for when they sing the national anthem, and it's beautiful. I watched Lillian Garcia sing it. Got a tear in my eye watching her do it. It's incredible. But uh, Undertaker, yeah. not there. And uh, I don't have any reasons... Why? Um, my only guess was there in Houston, there, and yeah. he would have been close to home, so he could have potentially, you know, there weren't any flights going, so a lot of these guys were stuck, uh, and they uh, couldn't fly home, so maybe he was able to get home and just wanted to be home, but uh, he's not on this show, man, uh, so I don't have any reasons why, and not really much to talk about storyline-wise, so, yeah. Right. I um, I, th- I did find it weird, though, that he wasn't one of the talking heads, you know, I mean, JBL gives that you know, uh, pretty patriotic at the promo. time. You know, he cuts <laughs> on the a terrorist. promo on the terrorists, <laughs> basically. So it doesn't really age well at this point. But back then, it was what it was. And yeah. but you know, I, I, in my mind, was thinking that Taker gave one similarly to that. But 
Um, he didn't. He wasn't there. I wonder if it's because he was so close to home there with Houston. But um, it does – this um, these attacks, terrorist attacks, do actually wind up changing Taker's garb for a little bit. I'll talk about that in just they a do. second. They do, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so um, we um, head to Raw 434. This is the um, <clears throat> go-home Raw for Unforgiven here. And the first proper show we have since the 9-11 tragedy, very patriotic opening, you know, and – Everything's going to be that way for a while. The little video screen where they, the the um, wrestlers walk out is going to be the American flag for quite a while. And um, just for the third time in four weeks, Taker's in the opening match at Raw, which I just it's just standing out to me. It's just crazy. Yeah, so, it's very different for sure. Yeah. Um, well, the Brothers of Destruction come out, so Kane's holding his titles by his side. So I guess he's released back from the um, hospital, and um, Taker's got the. <clears throat> Excuse me. The tiles snapped around his neck, and they're hanging over and uh, hanging over his shoulders. And but now Taker is sporting an American flag in the middle of his singlet. He's got a small American flag, you know, right, just right on his gut, basically. So, but you know, part of this podcast is talking about his character change and everything. So here we are. We've gone from the American BA, and now he's, you know, rolling, rolling, rolling. Taker, but now he's actually wearing an American flag. You know, he should have busted so. out the. Uh, trench coat with the old glory sewed <laughs> yes, in the, in the back of it. <laughs> oh man, what a perfect opportunity it would have been for that. So he's gonna. This kind of really is the impetus for him being super patriotic guy. Like he's gonna bring the American flag into his character a lot more. We'll see it at a uh, WrestleMania 19, I think. Then he come mm-hmm. down to the ring with yeah. it on his motorcycle. Like we'll, just, so. yeah. we'll see it a lot more um, in his in his outfits and stuff. So. This is this is where it all, all began here. So, um, well, they're gonna have a tag title match against the Dudley Boys, but only the WWF tag team titles are on the line here. So, uh, Kane is back from his injury, like I said, and it's pretty hard hitting affair as you imagine from these four guys. And near the end, Bubba goes and grabs a table on the outside, even though it's not a tables match. And then of course, for the rest of the match, all you're gonna get is we want tables. Yep. As you mentioned, um, Dudleys are great, but sometimes they're table gimmick was more over than they were you know um taker makes a hot tag and goes absolutely medieval on on bubba and just going berserk on him king of the hot tag yeah dude he's so good at the hot tag i just don't remember that but um everybody gets involved and kane and bubba make it to the outside and of course mike kyo is going to get bumped by devon so we got a rep bump and chronic and steven richards run down and they save bubba as he's about to get choked slammed through the table and they wind up hitting high times on Kane through that table on the outside. Mm. Of course, the ref is is out, so he didn't see it and disqualify him. Taker then grabs at both of them from the outside and uh, pulls Brian Adams up on the apron. And apron, or excuse me, Brian Adams gives him kind of like a kind of not, not really an apron stunner, but kind of chokes him across the top rope, which is going to cause Taker to turn around into a 3D which is going to allow Bubba and Devon to pin The Undertaker to win the WWF Tag Team titles. It's on a losing streak, dude. He is. But another thing that stands out is how amazing is it that this Tag Team's finisher is so protected? Like, The Undertaker did not kick out of it right there. You know? Like, I don't... I can't... I think Bubba's gone on record saying that I think only one... In one match ever, did they ever have somebody kick out of the 3D in WWF? It's like, pretty freaking rare. It's like that's crazy. Like so, Taker's lost to Booker T and the Dudleys here, back to back episodes of Raw. So pretty crazy, and you know. Both at the hands of Chronic here too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, later on, Shane gets out of his WCW one limo, and he's greeted by Steven and Chronic. And this is what I was talking about earlier when you said he came out and had that Alliance video. That's so funny to me because right here we're going to get them – Steven is going to explain what just happened since Shane's just arriving late. He kind of fills him in on what happened, and he's going to offer their services to the Alliance. And Shane's like, oh, it sounds great, man. You know, I've had my eye on you guys for a long time. And <laughs> shakes their hand. Uh, yeah, right. And he shakes their hand and invites him into the Alliance. So there you go. He set his so, eye on him because they were already in there, according to the exactly. Smith. <laughs> exactly. So I guess for the last three weeks, have they just been free agents? They haven't been there uh, yeah, What are I we mean, supposed to believe? I, that doesn't make any sense. It's just no. sloppy storytelling right there. Yeah. Well, and one small bit of actual good continuity, Shane r- reminds us that since the Brothers of Destruction are still the WCW Tag Team Champions and he controls WCW, He's making a match for Unforgiven. They'll defend the, the tag team titles against Chronic. So there you go. There That's you go. a good explanation. Yeah, right exactly. There. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, that takes us to the Go Home Show to Unforgiven right here. SmackDown, September twentieth, two thousand one. It's a SmackDown episode one hundred nine on the WWE Network, and uh, Stephen Richards is going to lead Chronic into battle against none other than the epic tag team of Kai and Tai. It's going to be their warm up here <laughs> and. Indeed. Indeed, the only <laughs> matchup of Chronic on WWF television before uh, pay per view. Wow, that's it. This is it, man. And uh, this is their debut and their exit. This is it. Besides the pay per view match. Um, Holy cow! And uh, uh, oh, before I say that, uh, let me go back to you talking about the Undertaker and Kane losing the tag team titles, man, because that's pretty historic. Because hard to believe, but they. Would I'm not going to say they never will, but up to this point, they have never held those tag team titles again since Whoa. October 2001. They never held the tag titles, which is hard to believe. Wow, that's crazy yeah. to think about. Dang, 18 years. Still a chance. You know, they competed together just in 2018. So they you know, did. They could still go after those they tag did. titles. So never say exactly. never. Uh, but yeah, man, I just I was look, researching that as we were doing this, and I couldn't. I thought they I thought for sure they held them again, but nope. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Chronic's going up against Kai and Tai here, and uh, I tell you what, dude, Chronic looked great. Like yes. as far as appearance wise, their outfit, they were like in shape. Man, they looked incredible. They looked like powerhouses, especially against Kai and Tai here. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, freaking Brian Adams goes in. The first move he hits on Taka Mishinoku, he hits a freaking F5 just as soon as the bell rings. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Oh, Six months man. before Brock Lesnar is in the company. And, uh, yeah. They are uh, working stiffski. Adams and Clark are, dude. A little Japanese strong style on Kai and Tai. And they are just <laughs> smash them, wreck them all over the place. Hit the high times on both guys to uh, send a message to the Brothers of Destruction and get the pin on them. And, dude, it was a heck of a squash match. They looked freaking impressive. Chronic did. Uh, and they, uh, it's hard to believe that they would be gone uh, just a few days later. Because looking at this, man, they looked awesome incredible yeah uh, it looks like a, a tag team to be reckoned with uh i will say though i never understood why they i i i you know we talked about the name chronic doesn't make any sense it's silly it's kind of dumb for them it doesn't really go with their gimmick at all but these two big powerhouses these two big monsters it always bothered me in wcw that they were called adams and clark 
like not impressive names at all. Yeah. And, and Clark had been Wrath in WCW. That's right. such a cooler name. That's a great name. Than Brian Clark. Um, Brian Adams, you know, I don't know what you would have called him in WCW, but now that they're back in WWF, how much better would it have been if they were called Wrath and Crush? Or even That'd have been great, Adam yeah. Bomb and Crush and not Adams and Clark. Like yeah. isn't that way better wrestling names? I would have loved Crush and Wrath. That'd have been cool, man. Oh so, man, that would have been awesome. That'd have been really cool. Yeah, I've never they're, they're Brian and Brian, but they're spelled differently. One's Y A N and right. one's I A N. It's like, okay, here's the Bry guys. Like, come on, <laughs> that's not like, intimidating. Yeah, but Wrath and Crush—that's intimidating. Oh, yeah, team right that's there. awesome. Uh, well, yeah, that um, that does it for TV. But uh, want to mention <clears throat> real quick? There's a weird house show the night before this pay per view that Undertaker missed. Uh, they talk on commentary on SmackDown that. Undertaker and Kane are already on the way to Unforgiven. So uh, I don't know if it takes longer to get there by motorcycle or what, but uh, they're not on SmackDown at all. But Undertaker misses the house show the night before the pay-per-view for some reason. Huh. And so instead we get Kane and Albert teaming up against Chronic. Whoa. Strange bedfellows match. <laughs> right. Kind of weird there. I was just trying to see if Chronic had any other matches besides these two, and that was it. That's pretty much yeah. the only three matches they had in WWF. That's crazy, and they were not like looking for a contract. They had a contract. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's they, I don't know. We'll talk about it yeah. when the match is over. But, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Well, that's going to bring us to Unforgiven. You know, two thousand one. This is on September twenty third, two thousand eleven, from the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Dude, I feel like we've been visiting these towns a lot. More it does. Frequently. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're just in Pittsburgh. Uh, I feel like just a couple weeks ago. So anyway, I don't know. It's weird, but I remember this show for several reasons. We oh, finally yeah. get Edge versus Christian. We got Raven versus Saturn. Like that's a dream come true for me. It was about a four minute match. It sucked, but and it me, was about was Moppy. Just, yeah, it was about Moppy. <laughs> but I was just excited that these guys were on pay per view. You know? Yeah, this is good. Rhino wins the U.S. title from Tajiri, and we get that feel good moment in the main event. Just the whole Patriot. Like I will never forget this show. But again. I did mention that I remember it in a good way for this match we're about to cover. But. Oh, yeah. I had the VHS of this show. Yeah, uh, I was did. excited to finally see it when it came out because, like you just said, a lot of these guys that didn't normally get pay-per-view time kind of right. are oddly on this show. Hurricane and Lance Storm are yeah. on it as well. Uh, and it's a, it's just a fun show to go through. RVD and Jericho, right, too? They have a good match with yeah. each other. I love the graphics with the crazy Austin heads, like Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, but it's, it's great. It, it works for the story. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's all paranoid and stuff. And you mentioned Edge versus Christian. Uh, Edge, yeah, this finally. is, uh, you know, he has his Rob Zombie music intact on the De- network. Debuted on, on this, this show. show. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion, man? I, I love the Alter Bridge music. That That is probably his best music, but I dug the Rob Zombie theme, too. I, I liked it while oh, he had that. Absolutely. I didn't know what I didn't know what I did. I didn't know what I didn't have when I you know he didn't have Ultra Bridge yet, but up to <laughs> yeah. then, like I like this better than his uh You Think You Know Me. You oh, know yeah, me. Like yeah, I yeah. like the Rob Zombie. Um good stuff, man. Yeah, it debuted here at this show. And also Christian's new music. Mm. Like so yeah. he had he had his new intro with his pyro and his little like opera and stuff, but it was a, the this weird music in between. But on this show on Unforgiven, it's it's the stuff that we know and remember. So that's right. Because I remember watching these Raws before. I was like, what is this crap music? 
Christian has. When is he going to get his good music? It's right here on Unforgiven. He gets his good music. So, anyway, yeah, man, it's I do love the Rob Zombie theme. Yeah, nothing, nothing's going to be Alter Bridge for Edge, but yeah, this Rob Zombie, and I'm glad it's still intact to the network. Me too. Yeah, uh, and kudos to Edge for that match, real quick, because he does something that we always make a big deal about on the show. Uh, he uh, yeah does not do like his entire entrance because he's got a right. big rivalry match with his brother Christian. He doesn't come out and do his poses and do his little. Yeah. Hump in the ring, whatever he does. He comes, no. <laughs> he comes out Mini and goes worm. and fights Christian. Like, exactly. Because it, his brother turned his back on him, and this isn't just some trivial match. He goes in and he doesn't do all the posing and goes right to the fight. And I, I loved it. It was so good. I watched this match too when I was we were watching the show. I was like, yeah, that stood out to me so, so much, man, because it's just a lost art we don't get oh, nowadays. Such a it lost just kinda art. is what it is, I guess, at this point. But. Um, speaking of that, this match we're going to cover is what it is, too. It's <laughs> it a, should be lost to time. It's a turd <laughs> and a punch bowl. Um, JR and Heyman on commentary. And this match is the fourth on the card. So, Taker's falling down the card a little bit here. So, um, it's just kind of weird. But I think almost every match on this show is a title match, too. It's like freaking <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom, man. <laughs> Watch a Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> New Japan. Yeah, we talked about that problem on last week's show. Too many yeah. titles, man. But uh, oddly enough, JR, you would think, with going through everybody's backstory, he doesn't mention at all, unless I missed it, he doesn't talk about Adams and Clark's like histories in the mm, WWF. And nope. These guys, Crush was there for... You know, seven or eight Ever. years and yeah. uh, he doesn't talk about them having any history in the WWF just weird that they don't mention that <laughs> maybe he knew eh, it's not getting too attached these guys I guess. I don't <laughs> maybe know. he saw the writing on the wall I don't know it's possible but uh, <laughs> amazingly we get a video package for this match and it's <laughs> got all the right to censor continuity in there and all that uh, <laughs> it's incredible yeah man whoever did that dave sahadi was doing it back then wasn't he i think and yeah yeah good on him man whoever it was put that together it's it's great man i love that they have a actual video build up to this match so pretty cool but um oh yeah good stuff that's about all we get but again at least sarah's gone i just wrote that too like thank god she's gone chronic's here yeah so she wasn't in this build up at all and i'm just so glad so hashtag blame sarah now she's gone. We can drop that hashtag. So. <laughs> For now. For now. No, no. Yeah. Taker and Kane cut a promo backstage with old Coach. Oh. And uh, Taker says he's hot, man. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. He's not hot because they got jumped the past few weeks, but because Stephen Richards is trying to remind people about the right to censor. People right. want to forget about the right to censor, and I just put my hands up in the air. Amen, brother. Preach on. I don't want to forget about him. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he says Stephen brings in chronic so we can, you know, we see when they do attack him from behind. He said, now let's see what happens when they look into the eye of the dragon. <laughs> when he says that, did you see Coach's face? <laughs> he kind of smirks, man. You got to go back and watch it. I encourage all of you listening. Go watch like you. Ha- we'll have to put this promo online or something. Like when he says, "Look into the eye of the dragon," coach like kind of like it's about to laugh, man. <laughs> These guys, Jerry Seinfeld acting chops on him right there. But but then he's Taker's talking about how um, Adams and Clark are like they're muscular guys and they're chiseled out of granite. And he says, "All those muscles are fine, but we'll take a muscle bound man and drop his face in the sand, and that you can count on, coach. Let's roll, bro." Which. 
I'm not too big. I'm I'm so white it's my last name. But I know this that the Undertaker just quoted I'm Bad by LL Cool J. That's who he that song came out in like eighty three, dude. I don't even know what to say. We'll take a muscle bound man, drop his face in the sand. That is LL Cool J from before I was born. I must be wider than you because that went way <laughs> over my head. I don't even know what dude, that is. But dude, you got you me go on look that it one. up. I'm bad, but LL Cool J and the te- dude Undertaker just quoted it to Cole. That's <laughs> incredible. Unforgiven. I just I could not even believe that. He's got some interesting musical taste, man. Yeah, he, well, in current he's, days, he's a huge Post Malone. Post Malone, yeah. He knows his hip-hop. No doubt about well, it. Apparently and, uh, he did, man, because he dug way back in time for that one. So He also, <laughs> he says, let's roll on the way out. And yeah, he does. I thought, I, I'm, I don't know if this, was that like a reference to the guy on uh, 9-11? Uh, who's in the airplane that like uh, that was being hijacked and that was like his famous thing he said let's roll to the guys like that that tried to overtake the uh, the uh, terrorist on the plane oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that might have been a reference to that was. on there I don't know if that had all come out in the news or all that but whatever I think it was a little tie into that because like you said he is going into this little bit of a patriotic phase here he's got the big American flag emblazoned on his tank top again as yeah. As him and uh, Kane come out, um, well, uh, as he's there in the promo, because Chronic's going to come out first, and they are just, like I said, man, they look absolutely jacked as they come yeah, out dude. here, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. And they look great, man. Like, it's, you can't find two better, like, physical specimens, you know? Like, no. these guys are exactly what Vince loves. And Stephen Richards, this is where he's got his freshly dyed black hair. I mean, his hair uh-huh. matches his pants and his shirt. Like, it is jet black dude like out of a box so black well, no more black <laughs> <laughs> their, uh, their music is absolute trash though it's awful all the WCW guys music is terrible it's so bad why do they not it's have like, like a Snoop Dogg ripoff for Dr. Dre or anything? I know <laughs> chronic LL yeah. Cool J exactly so much 90s hip-hop here going on. Undertaker is more hip-hop than Chronic. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, he is, man. So, Well, in a strange twist of fate, as you know, we've mentioned that DDP, or not DDP, excuse me, uh, Taker's always the one throwing soup bones before you know his match actually begins. Well, as, they, um, as Taker and Kane make their way to the ring, Chronic slide out and start taking it to him, man. Yeah. Start brawling with them. Taker so. and Kane are uh, no bikes and all business. They come out. Dude. They don't ride out, walk out. <laughs> I should be a shirt. No, no bikes, bikes, all business. All business. <laughs> I like that. Biz, business in the front, bikes in the back. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's squaring off. and it's, t- Taker and Adams are squaring off, and Clark and Kane are squaring off, and um, – Taker's rolling Adams into the ring and finally hits a big boot, a leg drop, throws him in turnbuckle. But as he's saying that, or as he's doing all this and owning him, Paul Heyman's putting over how Chronic are getting the best of the brothers of destruction, which doesn't add up to me. It's no. it's bad timing. So. No. Heel <laughs> yeah. announcer, too. I guess. Maybe that's part yeah, of it. I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we got on our Undertaker bingo card. We can knock off a couple spots because the match sure. starts on the outside. And then yep. Undertaker gets in the ring <laughs> and does the uh, referee intimidation. Scares yep. the referee out into the corner. So a couple of our 
our biggest uh, Undertaker cliches we get in here. And Undertaker kind of dominates at the beginning, drops a big leg drop on Brian Adams, uh, hits a drop toe hold and some elbows before making the tag to Brother Kane, whose uh, elbow is still all taped up from that uh, injury from SummerSlam, apparently. Well, it's not stopping him from manhandling Brian Adams. No. Because he just – and you can tell Adams has not been in the ring. Like, yeah. He, they, yeah. Again, they both look good. And we're not – I'm not crapping on it. I mean, poor guy has passed away at this point in our lives, you know, so you know, rest in peace. But um, you can just tell that – and this may have been what happened with Vince. May decide, like, you can just tell he has not been in the ring. Like, he yeah. was not ready for this match. Like, A lot of ring rust. You know, a lot of ring rust, not a lot of gas in his tank. You know, like he's just blowing up really quickly. But he's going to hit an elbow. Adams is and then attempt a, attempt a backbreaker, and it is. I mean, I think my two year old can do one better. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. I, I couldn't wait for Brian Clark tagging. He was the better worker of the two, in my opinion. So well, he tags in and hit, uh, hits some chops and kicks in the corner, and then. Um hits he's not looking much better because he does this springboard roundhouse kick and kind of almost a butt-based offense it's a roundhouse hiney (laughs) not a hiney a roundhouse hiney he goes and jumps off like springboards off the rope and goes to hit a roundhouse kick on kane but instead he hits it with his butt cheek not the best so I just said he's a better worker, and I'm afraid I spoke too soon. <laughs> it's so bad, man. Oh, and then to to follow that up, Kane's gonna duck a clothesline from Brian Clark that I think was meant for a giraffe. I mean, it was the tallest, the biggest clothesline I've ever seen. Kane barely has to duck, dude. It's so bad. And then he's gonna hit a sloppy neck breaker, and then Kane picks Clark up and does a shoulder breaker. But he does it. He puts his wrong knee out. And doesn't, it's it's so bad, dude. Go back and watch it. It's so bad. What is he thinking? Uh, it's so bad. These. Oh, man. I'm sorry. This is the worst. I think I was distracted because Jr. gets in a good line as Te- Undertaker tagged back in and says that uh, the big dog might pretend that Abs and Clark are fire hydrants. <laughs> Gross, I think JR. he's about to. That's gross. <laughs> take a leak on that. these guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker's oh. going to go for old school, but uh, Brian Adams is going to come in with a, with a big old stomp, and Undertaker gets up, throws some shots at Adams as they go after each other, and Chronic gets some double team on in the corner, and um, Adams is just kind of, He's real slow, real sluggish, moving around. It's doesn't have like he. I guess they wrestled probably at uh, Super Brawl earlier in the year, two thousand one, a Super yeah. Brawl Revenge, I believe, and they probably haven't wrestled at all since. So probably haven't seven six months yeah. been in the ring or done any sort of that in a long time. So and they were never either one of those guys you'd call the the strongest in ring competitors anyway. No. So uh, very sloppy here. Um, and this is the first big, just sloppy spot in the match. I thought is Taker goes for a big boot, and then they just kind of have this malfunction at the junction in the middle of the ring, and both guys kind of run into each other, and it looks like you can really start to tell that these four guys are not on the same page with each other here. Yeah, dude, that big boot misses by about 15 inches short, and but it, Adams, I think it is, still sells the big boot. 
And then, like I said, that botched clothesline. It looks like Taker's almost about to spear him on accident. Like, it's just... Mm -hmm. And you can tell he's getting frustrated. He doesn't do that often. But then Taker punches him and, <laughs> well, excuse me, quote-unquote punches him and misses that punch by about 18 inches and Adam sells it anyway. <laughs> and then Taker does a knee to the face. And I just want to encourage everyone to go watch this whole entire exchange here. He misses that by, like, 25 inches. And Brian Adams sells it, sells it again. And it's just so bad. Like, and I'm not going to fault Taker for that because he's not a bad worker. He's not bad. I really don't know if there was something wrong with Adams, like, neck or back. Because, like, the way he walks, Maybe he was on stiff. the chronic this night. He could have been on the chronic. Or he could have had rod, double rods on his spine or something. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, he, he's really – I'm going to put it on him, man. I don't think it's Taker's fault because Taker's – a pro and he knows how to work so yeah he it's is just not good yeah like you said not to bury the dead but uh he is the weakest spot of this match clark yes clark is at least sort of holding his own uh, he's still sloppy but he <laughs> that, but to the oh fact. yeah no he, he's still sloppy but he is oh, no he's, he's better much more passable in this match than sure whatever's going on with brian adams <laughs> yeah. well adams does wind up close on and take her over the top rope and we get their the di well, the rebirth of the perfect ten landing. Mm. I feel like we haven't covered that in a while. I haven't seen that yeah. quite as much lately. Well, Taker's going to drag Adams out and throws him into the ring post. That misses. Adams doesn't even hit it, but he sells it anyway. What's wrong with Crush, man? What is wrong with this guy? He can't get it together. Oh, um. I'm done. At <laughs> 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 this point, I can't. <laughs> You know, it's it just continues to devolve from here. Um, Kane hits a sidewalk slam on Clark, goes for a choke slam. You know, nobody's selling anything here. No, everyone's no selling. Just kind of running in and out of the ring. It's you know, I, it, it's just falling apart. There's no flow to the match. There's no doesn't seem like there's any tagging going on half the time <laughs> either. And uh, it looks like you know, it's it's always. I don't know. I'm always hesitant to speculate, but you know, it looks like Kane and Taker are starting to get a little extra stiff at this point here. Yeah. I don't know if they're just getting pissed off or frustrated or whatever, but uh, they seem to be really laying it in here. Uh, Kane and Taker whip each other into Chronic into the corners, and you know, Chronic is still just not selling anything. They just get right back up after everything, and uh, yeah, it's all just totally disjointed here. It's it's so disjointed. And another thing that's disjointed is this comment from Paul Heyman. He's, he compares Chronic's tag team skills and their psychology to that of the Briscoes and the Andersons. <laughs> hey, dude, Hikeroni and cheese, man. That is not good. Like, you cannot do that. You think JR irony... just, like, slapped him off screen? Just, oh, like, JR probably threw had a coronary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably pooped his hat and put it on his head. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just so much, so much bad stuff. And Taker does get a run in DDT and tags in Kane, and he comes in, and uh, Jr. calls him a hoss, and I just wrote he comes in like a hoss of fire, man. <laughs> That's the first time I noticed Jr. pulling out the hoss yeah, comment. Man. I don't know if it was the the actual debut. It was the first time I noticed it. Yeah. Comes in with a hostile fire, big boot and everybody. Like you said, I think you've already covered it. You get the sidewalk slam, and they're just, like you said, being a little bit stiff at this point. And a uh, little stiff ski and take her goozles, Brian Clark, and then we're going to get my boy Stephen Richards running in. 
Yeah, but he gets tossed right out. <laughs> yeah. Eats one of those soup bones from Undertaker. <laughs> and then um, here's where the sloppiest thing that I saw in the whole match is. It's like it appears that Taker just yells out, now! Just starts screaming. Yeah. Adams, I guess, misses his spot here as he runs in after Taker screams and slowly hits this sloppy jawbreaker on Taker. It's, just the it's slowest, like in slow-mo. It's slow motion. <laughs> and as Taker goes down, he hits the ground, and you just see Undertaker just shake his head out of frustration mm-hmm. before he starts selling it. And he's just like, God dang it, what has happened here? And just lost control. But he does, man. He, he tries to finish up the match, tries to be professional with it. Um, Kane goes to the top as Chronic goes for high times on Undertaker, but Undertaker's just as like, screw this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even let him hit it, just starts fighting no. out of it. He elbows out of it. Kane hits a diving clothesline to Brian Adams, and then Taker just choke slams Brian Clark, covers him, gets the pin at 10 minutes and 22 seconds <laughs> to retain the tag title. That's it. And that match, that inning came out of nowhere. Yeah, I think Undertaker called an audible. It was like, this is done. Yeah. Man, yeah, it just—I'm okay with that ending because the match sucked. Um, but like, it wasn't—it doesn't have to be a five-star in-ring Dean Malenko classic. But it just everybody was off, man. And when you see Taker start to get frustrated, because we've mentioned here several times about how even when stuff goes wrong, he didn't sell it. Oh I mean, yeah, that pot that blew up in his face that one time, and he didn't. So he's gonna catch on fire. He's, gonna, he's getting caught on, on fire. fire. In 2010, and he doesn't sell it. But you know what makes him sell? Brian Adams to Brian Clark. less upset to be burned alive than he was to have to wrestle Chronic. That's how bad this was. That's how awful it was. It's like, would you like to be burned in the face or wrestle Adams and Clark again? I'll take the face burning. <laughs> oh... Dude, dude. Well, that's not the end of the goings on here. Stephen Richards comes in with a chair, but in classic heel, you know, little pipsqueak fashion, he gets sandwiched in between the brothers of destruction, and he does the corniest, like most cartoony. He backs in the cane and starts like he's closing his eyes and like puts his hand behind, him, like feeling for him, and like he realizes it's cane. It's kind of funny actually to watch. So. Oh, I mean, there's a reason why Stephen Richards had a job for oh yeah many many years after this, and Chronic did not. He's exactly. A great performer. Yeah, and well, Kane choke slams him, and Taker looks a little flustered at this point. And I just, again, we don't normally see that, but the brothers are going to celebrate and post the crowds. Their music plays, and they both exit like Kane does. They kind of both, you know, do that backflip over the top rope and walk up the ring or uh, they're up the aisleway and pose the top and raise the titles. Thank you. How we end that? And... <laughs> Jr. on commentary says, "It may be time for Chronic and the Alliance to reassess their situation." <laughs> I probably, that line probably got fed him from Vince. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. He didn't call it bowling shoe ugly, but uh, he no. might as well have. Might as well have. If you're not done with that, i got five words for you. Do not watch this match. <laughs> or do. If you want to see I think one it of needs the worst to be matches seen. we've covered, yes. you need to watch this. Just, now, I wanted ugh. to come on here and say maybe it wasn't as bad as everyone remembers it or talks about it. but Me too. I think I... As we were talking about it, I think maybe I missed some stuff as we were taking notes, but because you brought up a lot of stuff, I don't think I even caught. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot 
long ways to go on this encyclopedic exploration and this is a, a weird stop on it it could be the worst thing we've covered so far it could be the worst one we cover the entire time i don't know but uh it's been bad <laughs> it's been really bad even you think considering... brian clark has a future um, for wrestling tees of a high knee to face like sure like knee to face or boots to blanks you know I mean, like you, you can pitch him on it man no, i'll try yeah. <laughs> Considering the whole match and how bad it was, do you think it was bad enough for these guys to just basically be blackballed from the WWF after Absolutely this? not. No way. Yeah. I have no idea why this was like strikes one, two, and three. Like, yeah, you know? me too. Like, because... I don't know if they were starting off with two strikes against them already or something. I don't know what the backstage goings on were. but There yeah, has it's to be weird. something like this that. This is it. There's got to be some attitude stuff backstage because yeah. they look so incredible. And, I know. You know, they're starving for people to be over at this point. I'm just shocked that that uh, this was it. You know, even as bad as it was, you know, yeah. just, everyone gets second chances with Vince. And uh, I don't know. Right. It's pretty surprising. It's, it's strange. And especially as, I mean, we're about to get Lars Sullivan's shoved down our throat in current day, like, these guys are You're way right. better than him, you know, You're and right. Great Kali or Mordecai, any of those guys. Like, this guy, you know, takes – these guys are way better than any of those people. But uh, I have no idea why they got strikes one, two, and three in this match, unless it was just all up to take her. He's like, sorry, pal. Because yeah. friends, his friends are Brian Adams, like, for real. Like, I don't know what happened, but I don't know, man. I have no idea. It's weird, but uh, don't watch, do watch. Uh, he loves me, he loves me not. I don't know. Go watch it. Go watch it. it. <laughs> kind of sad and hard to believe also this fact, but this <laughs> this terrible match was the last time the Brothers of Destruction competed together on pay-per-view for 14 years until what? Survivor Series 2015. <laughs> Holy. That's right. We've covered wow. it so much here in 2001, and they'll be on the same Survivor Series team when we get to that match, Survivor right. Series 2001, but just as a standalone tag team, uh, they had a few TV matches, but never again on pay-per-view until Survivor wow. Series 14 years later. They ended on this note. Wow, what a way to go out. Yeah, you know, we think of the Brothers Limping. of Destruction as, yeah, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> we think they... Uh, Brothers of Destruction just have that legendary spot in your brain, but really, yeah. you know, it's very short-lived, their uh, pay-per-view run. Yeah, it really is. We're not with a whimper, man. This sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. This is my le- – I try to be positive about this match. is so bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What? This is not the last we see a taker on this night, though. It's kind of – I want to just bring, back th- bring things back to a kind of a high point here. We get – again, we get this feel-good moment, and uh, I know – I think Austin, I've heard Austin say on his podcast, I've heard Angle say it, I've heard Pritchard say it on his show, that Angle was not supposed to win the title at this show, I'm forgiving. Austin was supposed to win, but due to the, you know, 9-11 attacks and everything, and they're in Pittsburgh, they're in his hometown, Angle wins the title from Austin, and we get that, um, it reminds me of the um, Stark at 9-7, you know, all the guys coming out to the ring and celebrating, and Undertaker actually walks out, he's got his denim denim uh, jeans and denim jacket on he comes out um and he actually i think the rock is the first guy in the ring to congratulate kurt but taker is the first one that hugs him he comes in and hugs him which is kind of a 
rare um, thing. We don't really see him handing out hugs. That was yeah. more of a Kurt Angle and Steve Austin thing. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he gave one to Kurt. He likes hugs. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I like that. But uh, yeah, it was a cool sight to see there and really put yeah. over Kurt Angle. Uh, it's <clears throat> very special moment for him. Very cool moment to change yeah. with the times and, and do that feel-good moment for everybody right there. I think he loses it on Raw like next week. Or, yeah, well, a couple weeks later. Not the next night, but yeah, yeah a couple weeks later. But anyway, it just it definitely was the right – because sometimes there's the right you know, time to change plans, and this was the right time to change plans. So. Yes, and that was a far better match as well. Uh, we were talking before we started recording, Austin and Angle just had incredible chemistry with each other. Golly. Every time they wrestled, it was awesome. Every time. So. So good. So yeah, we, I encourage you guys to watch this whole entire pay per view. Actually, it's just fun, and uh, it's one of the better even, shows. Of, yeah, it really of is the uh, Alliance era. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna bury this one and hopefully move on to something slightly more positive next week as the Undertaker returns to singles action. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, he's gonna be facing off against the five time, five time, five time WCW champion Booker T. Uh, in a singles match at No Mercy 2001 as we finally move on from Sarah and the right to censor and Chronic into a true legend right here. Two Hall of Famers going up against each other at No Mercy. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, their first ever pay-per-view singles match. An interesting one, no doubt about it. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts on this matchup with Chronic. What did you think of this build? Is it as terrible as we remembered or made it out to be? Are you a chronic <laughs> supporter? Uh, can you the wrestlers? <laughs> Preferably the wrestlers. Yeah, we'll take all comments that we can get here. But uh, <laughs> you can hit us up on social media at Talking Taker on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Uh, three fun different communities going on there we post different stuff on all of those pages so whichever one or all three preferably if you want to go follow us and support us and check us out that way if you want to uh, help plug the show on any of those different social media channels a uh, special shout out to some of our social media followers this week some people like sam valenti who's always listening to the show and, and plugging it we appreciate you sam uh, Jeremy Bagley puts us over a lot. Old J-Bags, we appreciate you uh, shouting us out. <laughs> uh, Ma Jordan on Twitter gives us a lot of shout-outs. We appreciate Mama. that. <laughs> on Instagram, uh, Too Godly uh, has been shouting us out a lot, giving us a lot of praise over there. We do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, uh, all the regular usual suspects, we appreciate all the love and all the support and all the listeners. Uh, we see each and every one, one of your comments and uh, it all means a lot and all the listeners out there uh, it really does uh, so much fun to interact with you guys we love doing it and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us and shouting us out that way uh, we would love to have you continue support by subscribing on your favorite podcast and platform we are available on iTunes on Google Play Stitcher Podbean Spotify and on YouTube as well you could leave us a comment, leave us a rating. That goes a long way in helping us out. And, uh, you know, it's, if you got any, got a few dollars you want to show our way uh, as we continue to put this up, it, uh, you can go pick up a T-shirt at tpublic.com. we got Take Her Easy T-shirts. We've got I'm a Biker Taker Guy and Girl T-shirts, uh, hoodies, stickers, mugs, anything you can do if you want to 
uh, support our little independent podcast. It would mean a lot. We would appreciate it as we keep on rolling, rolling, rolling all the way through the last ride. And as of this recording, I believe one of our followers, Dilo Hoop, she was still listening to the Invasion Angle of she might still podcast. Be. She might still be listening. So, again, thank you for sticking with us and limping through that one with us uh, to the finish line. And, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see, too, if Randy Turco uh, was at the uh, house show you talked about where uh, I feel like every time we talk about a random house show, Randy was there. Yeah, he, yeah, he might <laughs> he have been at yeah. He always has, like, the card <laughs> and everything. So, Randy, if you were there, let us know, man. Um, anyway, but yeah, and as uh, we're recording this, we have rolled into your birthday. So happy birthday to you, my oh, friend. Thank you, sir. 33 now. Uh, happy birthday, old man. So I'll catch up to you soon. But yeah, uh, all of our listeners, we thank you guys so much. If you were there at the Mellon Arena um, in Pittsburgh, please let us know if you were there. We really do want to know if you were there because um, what a cool night to be there and see Angle for the title. But, um, yeah, we haven't, had any, the, uh, uh, haven't had any Are You There's in, in a while. We yeah, it's anyone. been a while. Yeah. Been a while, so um, not talking about staying to it, but it's been a while though. But uh, we'll uh, we'd like to hear from you guys if you have been there. So anyway, let us know what you think. And other than that, take it easy. Take a muscle-bound man and drop his face in the sand. Not the last-